Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hello. Hi. Hello, everyone. It's me, Sam, famed and beloved co-host of um, Notable Podcast Radio Lab that you're currently listening to. I'm here with a little announcement, and that is that I am doing a solo show called Club Comic at the Bell House in Brooklyn on February 17th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, Tickets are available now. This show is beloved by me. (laughs) I uh, used to do it before the pandemic, and um, it's like club tracks and videos and stand-up. And yeah, it's a pun, club, comic, get it? Uh, But it's, it's always really fun, and... I was like, should I bring it back? I'm a different person now that the global pandemic and everything. But then I was like, wait, no, I didn't change it all. I'm actually the exact same person. Um, so I'm bringing it back at to the Bell House February 17th. And I couldn't be more excited. So get tickets. I look forward to seeing your gorgeous but tastefully flawed faces there. Um, okay, enjoy the episode. Bye-bye. Okay, podcast starts now. What's up, everyone (laughs) out there in the world? Um, You are listening to um, not one unemployed person, but two unemployed people on a podcast. Spoiler alert. You know, I've actually come up with a new term for what I am, and it's fun employed. I just, oh my point, God. I just coined that term. You're so smart and you're already it's, seeing the silver lining of our of your so, situation. Yeah, it's crazy because no one has... I, I sort of came up with a very um, uh, sort of like... 
all of a sudden it came to me. And I thought, it's crazy that no one has said this before. And so, yes, I have sold it as a book and it's going to be called The Rules <laughs> of Fun Employment. And yeah, I got a pretty big advance. So things are actually going pretty well. That's amazing. That's just such an important lesson. Like anyone listening, like it's just always important to remember that when God closes the door, he opens a window. And when... that's what my book is called. And that's, yeah. um, I just sold that and the advance is huge. And your book is called When God Closes the Door, He Opens a Window. Mine is called yeah. The Rules of Fun Employment. I want to clarify, mine doesn't have like a snap happy subtitle or anything else. It's just called the rules of fun employment. And I guess I want to clarify mine has when God closes the door, he, the, he is capitalized all caps. Mm -hmm. And it's a Christian book. It's it's very religious. (laughs) People would think, people would think that your book was like a sort of book of humorous essays about, you know, being unemployed and about being a millennial in Brooklyn. No, it's actually like a very religious, devoutly Catholic book. Yeah, it's pretty much about how your body is like a vessel for Christ and sort of all the good that can come from that. Mm-hmm. But like really hilariously. Yeah. And you yeah, and you really promote chastity. It's <laughs> interestingly, it's actually very LGBTQ inclusive, but you, but anti-sex. Well, it's sex negative, but across all gender and sexuality exactly. spectrums. And you yeah. recognize all genders, all sexualities. But you say, now that we've recognized them, put an end to it. <laughs> I see you and I don't want to see you any longer. Um, so George, tell us about your big day. Yeah. So we are recording on Wednesday, February 1st and mere hours ago, I woke up in my little bed. I, in fact, I'll, I'll kind of come out and say it. I woke up a little late today. You know, my work, I usually, I start work at eight 30 and I woke up at like eight 15. I was truly like rushing to brush my teeth. It wasn't one of those days when I woke up early and was fully dressed at my desk by eight 30. I was rushing a little bit and, um, I was sort of trying to assign some morning stories. The last thing I typed was, who wants to do Tom Brady retiring? And then we got a, uh, I got a Slack notification from my boss, Leah. And she said, everyone get on this Zoom right now. Uh, I have something to tell you. And it turned out that (laughs) with zero warning, our parent company, Bustle Digital Group, shout out, um, (laughs) shut down gawker.com had not told anyone out like it's also when leah found out i you know it's not um you know nothing was being kept from me from anyone in my in my orbit uh and so the site was completely shut down we immediately lost access to our email and slack and everything we weren't even able to write um you know like a goodbye post i sort of it would have been nice to write a post that like thanked the readers for reading over the last two years or even just something silly where each of us said something or or even just something that Leah wrote as the editor-in-chief that was like a note from the editor, you know, like in any normal publication you would do. Um, so we got, so we had that Zoom that was just sort of to warn us. And then at like 9.15 a.m. we had a Zoom with the actual people who fired us. And then it was fully over. And then I had a meeting with the HR person where they like explained severance and how benefits will end and all that stuff um and then that was literally it (laughs) wow how do you feel um i mean i guess i'm it's it's an interesting feeling because you know none of us are naive and and we all know what the internet is like now versus what it was in 2007 or 2010 or 2014 
we all know that this that the parent company of Gawker was like known for making these sudden decisions, known for launching sites and then, uh, you know, shutting them down six months later. Very fickle. It if you Google Bustle Digital Group, you'll see many stories like this. So it's I don't think any of us are sort of blindsided that something like this could possibly happen. And in many ways, the digital media industry is sort of like a series of uh, short term positions where people know on some level that this is how <laughs> it's going to end. I think I am under some sort of non disparagement clause until I <laughs> until I officially leave. So I don't want to say Anything about anyone specific, honey? You broke the clause. Yeah. Well, but yeah, but I don't want to say about anything about anyone specifically. I will say two things. I will say, legitimately, all the writers and editors I work with were like so funny and smart. And the biggest shame is that the people in charge couldn't just create an environment where they could thrive and do their best work without being frustrated. Um, yeah. And even even when we were doing sort of writing about topics that under different hands would maybe be, you know, overdone or silly. I I actually think everyone at Gawker elevated, like, you know, it could be like a post about um, some celebrity breakup, but I genuinely would laugh out loud reading it. Whereas if I read it on, you know, Us Weekly, I probably wouldn't laugh out loud, you know? Um, yeah. So I'll say that. And then the only other thing I want to say is, again, I'm not allowed to disparage anyone, but I will say I believe in religious freedom and in my religious beliefs i think everyone at bustle digital group is <laughs> <laughs> well that is a beautiful sentiment Thank and you. um i'm glad that this is our most religious intro yet yeah and all of this again all of this stems from a religious point of view you know both you yeah. and i are driven by the fact that we know Jesus is truth. We know mm -hmm. that he is, he, capital he, is the reason we <laughs> are podcasters, comedians, and even uh, former television writers and editors. Yeah, I mean, if any listeners are like, yeah, it's weird that they like, I kind of have whiplash from like, you know, they went from really irreverent to like really religious. Um, well, just know that that's the higher ups over at Stradio Lab Incorporated. Exactly. Um, the Stradio Lab Media Group, uh, it's not us, it's not our direct boss, but the boss above them yeah. is, and I uh, say, you know, is telling us to be religious now. And um. yes, the Stradio Lab, yes, the Stradio Lab Media Group is technically owned by the Catholic Church, but they have <laughs> complete editorial freedom. And we've been yeah. told that over and over again. Mm -hmm. So every time we say something that is perceived as blasphemous, we are called into the Pope's office and he uh, physically hurts us. And then mm -hmm. says, but just to clarify, for legal purposes, you have complete editorial freedom. <laughs> um, okay, I want to say, um, first of all, sorry you got fired. Thank you. Um, sorry to all of Gawker. I enjoyed um, New Gawker. Um, I want to say it's beautiful. I think that the children have their own Gawker to lose. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that's amazing. It makes me feel young again. Um, and I... <laughs> Oh, and it's also very like, okay, this is an almost um, basic to even non-thought. So succession, you know what I mean? I know. I don't, <laughs> it's literally it really so is. succession. Well, it's very You're like, living it, baby. I mean, it's not just that. It's like, it's funny to see these things happen over and over again. And <laughs> the, 
the reason that storyline existed on Succession is because that has happened so much. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and then it's like to see it, it's all it's very you know what it feels like? It feels very first as tragedy, then as farce. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Whereas like everyone, everyone that I met with on Zoom today. Anyway, we don't have to talk about it anymore, but really the top line, if you hear nothing else, is just genuinely I I am so grateful to have met everyone I work with there. And I'm not I it is maybe the or not maybe, in fact, like 100 percent the best work environment I've ever been a part of the best. Like it is the only place I've ever worked where I liked every single person, which is insanely rare. But um, the good news is none of us are dead and we're getting drinks tonight. Woo! With All the right. HR lady. With the HR lady, yeah. She's like, she's like, hey guys, <laughs> thought I joined. I'm so sorry. I hate guys. Doing that was that. crazy earlier, but like, I'm cool. And then she still like splitsies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's like, you guys have cash. Sorry. She's like, wait, I don't have cash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the place is cash only. Fuck. Um, okay, I All think right. we need to bring in our guest. We need and, to bring our guest in, and, and I want to apologize to him in advance for uh, having to sort of silently sit down while I talk about being fired. Anyway, please welcome Jake Cornell. Hello. Jake, hello. Hey, Jake. How's it going? It's, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty revved up from hearing what happened to George, I have to it's, say. Because, it's sort of crazy. I mean, here's the thing. It's not shocking for this media group to have treated you this way, you know, as a media employee or frankly as a gay man. Yes. <laughs> but to Thank do you. that to you as a Christian mm. is so shocking. Uh-huh. uh-huh. To treat a fellow Christian. Yeah. Yeah, in such a vexing yeah. way. Yeah, yes. and I want to say, you know, this company. Uh, if you look at their other websites, I don't see Jesus there. I don't see Christian content. Oh no, and I was whereas... looking. I had 15 minutes while you guys talked to look, and I checked <laughs> yeah. every single one. Yeah, this... I don't see. I see sin. I see uh, heathens. I see premarital sex being celebrated. Yes, I see curse words. Curse words on headlines. I mean, on headlines. On I mean, headlines. Bustle Media is. Well, not only are they, they're not just not religious. They are hateful towards the Christian people. Um, and that's just what's going on. And I'm also in a non-disparagement clause with them. And I'll say this. <laughs> They've chapped my ass with this one. Uh-huh. And I think all every single, and I'll say this with George, every single one of them should rot in hell. Yeah. Mm, wow. And those are not my words. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, I am just very happy that we are part of Stradio Lab Media Group. Mm-hmm. I think they have treated us very kindly. Um, Pope Francis, in particular, has been super a nice. Huge, so he's so great. Close to us. He's so yeah. great. And they're really good at little things. You know, they'll send us they'll send us a Christmas gift, and it'll be like a branded water bottle, but yeah. it'll have like our initials on it. And you know, other people wouldn't do that. They would just send the branded water bottle. Yeah. And says yours from the Catholic Church. From the Catholic Church, and it's like not a bi- like you know it's like it doesn't take much effort, but it, it needs exactly. So much. And, and it's sort of like I get to like show it to my boyfriend. I get to be like you know look, oh my god, look, and he's like that's so cool. Like I love the Catholic Church. It's like just kind of cool. Yeah, that's so sweet. You know what? <laughs> I've lost one job, but I have recommitted to another. And mm. that is my position as an employee, full time of the Catholic Church. See you at the Vatican. <laughs> Woo! Um, so anyway, Jake, what's up? <laughs> I am Gorge. I'm sitting here on my couch. I'm honored to be here. I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm feeling good, I have to say. Oh. And I want to say, you know, 
obviously this is a difficult day for me and by extension for Sam since he's an empath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we are so lucky to be with truly family. Like the worst thing possible for tonight was if our guest was like a random celebrity that whose PR had emailed us to be on the show. <laughs> wait, wait, this is a good game. Who would be the worst guest to have right at this moment? Okay, it would have to be someone who... Mm, okay, Whitney Cummings. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> That's actually my final answer. And I say that... And I actually like don't have anything negative to say about Whitney Cummings, truly. But I do think she would be the worst possible guest for me right now in my current psychological state to speak to. Well, I actually signed a non-disparagement agreement with Whitney Cummings, so I will just say that she is queen. I would love to have she her mother. on. She is mother. I definitely would not mind. I would, I would actually love to have her on at a later date, just could not handle it tonight. Sure. That checks out. That really checks out. Um, well, it was also, okay, and sorry to talk a little bit more about it, um, but it was also kind of like, We've seen these firings happen on Twitter like sure. all the time where it'll be like, okay, and now all of BuzzFeed doesn't exist and everyone's like tweeting about it. And I have to be completely honest with you. It was a little exciting to be in on it. <laughs> this was also my first, oh my God, I know someone. And I, I was like, that. that's my fucking friend. That's like, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I mean, I'm it's... being fired essentially. And I was like, I'm the star of today, sort of. Yeah. 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 Totally. People texting you like, I hope George is okay. Yeah. And I'm like, he's really not. He's yeah. really not. <laughs> it's like, it's so powerful for Sam though, because you know, Sam's the friend that gets the text. Do you know what I mean? It's like, totally. Sam. Oh my God. It, <laughs> and it was, I got the text. And not only did I get the text, the text came pretty early. And... Sam's like the HR woman. Like, he put on his blazer. He was like, okay, now it's my turn. <laughs> And I woke up and I was awake for it and I was on the train and I was like, so two things were happening where it's like I got to respond to a text at like 840, which rules because it proves to people that I was awake. Powerful. Totally. And also I got to be like, okay, like really put on your reacting hat. Like, remember, (laughs) like you're reacting, like you have to be like empathetic and you can't immediately be like awesome like let's get lunch next week um (laughs) you first have to be like oh no like fuck and then you can kind of feel it out and then you can propose like lunch next week (laughs) and then you can propose lunch next week yeah i mean i also george i'm gonna start spreading i have a conspiracy theory Uh uh-oh don't you think it's a little weird that you took all last week off and then got fired this week it's actually wow well not just that i took last week off but like I legitimately, I've been feeling sure I didn't take any time off during the holidays. I've been feeling a little overwhelmed with um, other projects and work and whatever. And I sort of took a week off, as I told Sam, to regroup. That was how I was branding it. I wasn't like making any big decisions or anything, but I was like, you know what? I need a week to just sort of like think to myself, mm-hmm. catch mm-hmm. up on some writing stuff, mm-hmm. you know, non-Gawker writing stuff, whatever. And then I really came back into work on Monday being like, all right, like I'm refreshed, like Let's like get back to work and then did not last 40 an hour. <laughs> That's great. I mean, you really God did it said right. We're gonna, and you're a Christian. God said, we're going to regroup for you. And exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think it was because because of the, the week I was gone, um, the site changed so much that they were like, we have to shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> wow. God. Um, Jake, have you ever been very publicly fired from anything? No, I was in the in the only, 
The only thing that comes to mind is that in the seventh or eighth grade, I was in a production of Grease. And halfway through rehearsals, I was um, given a smaller role than the role I had been initially cast in. You got recast? I was recast. Oh, my God. From one of the T-Birds to Eugene, who's like the school nerd who only has like one um, song at the beginning of the musical, I think. Wow. And I remember I was devastated. I'm sure. I mean, that is way worse. And it wasn't done. I wouldn't say it was necessarily <laughs> done publicly, except in the sense that, like, obviously I'd been rehearsing for one role and then we came in and it was like, this is not Jake's role anymore. But it was like in at the end of a rehearsal, everyone was like, OK, great work, everyone. And uh, Jake, can you hang back for a little bit? Um, and then I had to hang back. When that happens and you feel it happening and sort of coming in slow motion. I mean, it's like someone it's like your significant other saying we need to talk or something like when I exactly it was exactly like that. the. The truly like, because all of this happened within uh, truly from beginning to end, twenty minutes. And when I think of those twenty minutes, they feel like they lasted four hours. Absolutely. Sam, have you been fired? Um, yeah, I've been fired, but not publicly. Like, and it was sort of like a like it was always like the job was it was clear the job was going to go away because the job was fake. Like, I had a job that was like googling like effects of soda and like writing up like no a, <laughs> a bibliography basically every morning for like a PR team. And it was like genuinely the best job I ever had. What? <laughs> I love your job being Googling side effects of soda every morning. <laughs> Cause it was like, I would have to like, if a new article came out, I have to like write up a little summary on and, soda. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and so it was like, I, like and the the job was from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. and I did it from home. This was like a decade ago, and it was like, it was amazing because I would wake up at 4 a.m., do this job, go back to bed at eight, and then like I would wake up at like noon or one and forget I had worked. You know, it would be like erased because I went to sleep again after it. That feels very severance. It was very severance. That, no, because it is severance. That, that is literally the plot of severance. <laughs> Um, Sam, were you a consultant on the TV show Severance? <laughs> Honey, I wish. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, they called me one day and they were like, yeah, like, I think we're just, we're not going to have that job anymore. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I was literally a human Google alert. Like, you can just set up a thing for that. Um, so yeah. I didn't do that anymore. Well, now with AI and chat GBT or whatever it's called, that job's gone. It's gone. It was evil, though, um, because they would, like like Coke, Coca-Cola PR, they would literally send like dietitians to like local news stations and have them do like the perfect summer meal. And it would be like, and top it off with a diet Coke. Like which, oh, yeah. which in like a small, it's actually like really gives you a boost of energy and it's like really good for you. And it was like, it's not good for you. Like, what are you talking about? You don't have to say it's like bad for you, mm-hmm. even though it is, but you don't have to say it's good for you. Like calm down. It was crazy. I've been thinking a lot about that with like PR, like about like this discourse, about like what is good for you and what is bad for you, like in moderation, because it's like there's so much like falsity that you just kind of then like stop believing anything. Uh, yep. Yeah, um, I fully just think and all I'm food current- is bad. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, you just start to be like, well, anything could be bad for you and anything could be good for you. And maybe that like there's no sort of scope of like what is actually truly bad for you. And I realized like I was thinking that today while I was look at me smoking a cigarette. And I was like, no, you, this one, you know, is bad. Like you yeah. need to like a divorce. <laughs> like, I, I have to say my grandmother who um, is still kicking and still smoking. One time um, when I was young, told my father, I think that she thought bless her heart, that um, 
the campaign against smoking <laughs> was partially funded by drug so, cartels because they wanted so. you to do harder drugs rather than smoking nicotine. legend legend human on legend to that and to that i say she is mother <laughs> she's she mother, mother and look at what that belief did to her she's still here she's still, she's here. still here and she's actually doing so well <laughs> because she doesn't do hard drugs because, because she, she doesn't smokes do cigarettes. cocaine sweetie okay <laughs> <laughs> you're getting energy to do something there was like a news story i remember watching a news story like at some point when i was very young like in the 90s and it was like an old man that they were interviewing on the news and they were talking about his like health habits and he was like i had three martinis at lunch every day while i worked until i retired at 55 and i smoked cigarettes and he's 95 yeah and they were like they were like we don't know why he's still alive and i was like nothing matters like i'm doing everything <laughs> I like i truly yeah. like i took it as i cite him mentally i cite him weekly i love stories like that because it's truly like it's really like right that's what statistics is it's like 90 percent of people who do that don't don't live to be 90 and then the, that 10 percent does i yeah, but they're not here to tell me about that's that. right and no, no, so i don't it's a self-selecting group it's insane it's insane jake the thing i cite um is an episode of Grey's anatomy where this woman <laughs> like who didn't smoke at all and she was like really like good to her body but she got lung cancer and she was like i've been so good my whole life and now i have lung cancer i should have been being bad and i think about that and i treat that as a real story and sort of was like well you gotta be bad because you you know you might be good your whole life and also get lung cancer <laughs> shonda's influence well that happened to kathy griffin <gasps> that so happened, happened to kathy griffin i think she had lung i mean she's she did good now but but i think she literally had lung cancer and she famously has never like she doesn't drink she doesn't smoke wow it's kind of a sober icon honestly talk about someone i would like to have on the podcast <laughs> even if i was just fired <laughs> <laughs> wow wow um, Kathy feels like she would have also had somehow like I bet you if Kathy had been on she would have known every single bus and media group's name yes. and like a story about them. She would have had gossip on everyone. She has actually um shared Gawker new Gawker links before and I always uh I don't know it's always kind of cool when someone someone you respect does that. That is cool. But, absolutely. Absolutely. Know. So she's think I know she's thinking about us today is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure she'll maybe she'll retweet this. Yeah, she's donating to the uh, severance. <laughs> <laughs> That's huge. I love that it's donation based. To Sam's show severance or to your severance? Both. Yeah, she's, she's going to oh, make okay. a donation to each of us. <laughs> yeah, because I got to get... They're crowdfunding season two of That's severance. That's right. They're crowdfunding yeah. season two of severance. And it's somehow tied to Bustle Digital Group. <laughs> yeah, Sam's version. Yeah, um, Sam's version. And you know they're going to cancel it after three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day -day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. 
Yeah, so if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Stradio. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, should we do our first segment? Yeah, let's do our first segment. Why Um, the hell not? Yeah. Sam, do you want to? Um, so Jake, our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in it, we gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking you a series of rapid fire questions. That's basically this thing or this other thing. The only rule is you can't ask any follow up questions. Are you ready to play? Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. George, will you kick us off? I would be delighted to. The Gerber baby or Kaya Gerber Nepo baby? (laughs) The Gerber baby. Okay. Wesley Snipes or Machine Gun Kelly? Wesley Snipes. Mm. Jordan Firstman or Adam the First Man? Adam the First Man. (laughs) Faking your own death or making your own meth? (laughs) Faking your own death. Okay. Chicken piccata, a Swiss chard frittata, Hakuna matata, Jesus's stigmata, or Kristen Milliati. Whoa, that's that is a journey. I have to make the people upstairs happy and say Jesus, Jesus stigmata. stigmata. Smart. I know that you guys need that. Um, okay, Beach Boys or Cheetah Girls? Cheetah Girls. Mm. Okay. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Or I can feel you coming. No, not there. All right. Oh. <laughs> I can you? feel it. You coming. No, not there. All right. <laughs> you Sam, are did bad. I not tell you I thought of the single best great shooter I've ever thought of? I texted <laughs> Sam and I was like, when you hear this, you're going to fucking gag, bitch. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love a nasty little one. Um, okay. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... Or the twenty-something Brooklynites of HBO's Girls. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wow, I have to say those were some of our best ones. Uh, yeah, we really put in the work today. You know, I say this because I was not able to write or edit all day today. I really put all my creative. I put my entire edit well the into, the, into these um, straight shooters. Wow. Um, 
Um, well, Jake, I say 10, 10, 10s across the board. Yeah, 1,001 doves. Yeah. Thank you. I'm an honor to perform. Period. Yeah. Pelly. Pelly, as we say Pelly. in our culture. <laughs> Pelly was my, let me just say this. Yeah. I know we, 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 there's only so much Pelly that can be talked about. No, no, no. We, we actually, just, like, like, I was thinking we don't, have not said it enough since the episode where it was introduced. So I just want to say that, like, what George was talking about, or not George, Sam was talking about earlier about, like, the gawker, like, being like the gawker layoff and being like i'm seeing this online and i have proximity to it being like your first experience of that like pellygate and like the ep- this radio lab pelly episode mm-hmm. and having been at the party where pelly dropped right. was like one of the most intense experiences of my life <laughs> yeah. i just have to say that <laughs> no they're like i was there i witnessed it i saw it happen did it make you feel erased from the narrative no because i don't feel any sort of because even when i just want i'll say this I actually had experienced a lot of personal growth with growth with Pelly, where I was at the party and I was seeing it happening, and I was like, "This is a beautiful moment of art and culture," and I'm not a part of it, and I don't see myself as a part of it. I have no. Des- I'll say Pelly here and there when it feels right. It's not mine. Mm-hmm. I, it's never going to be mine, and I don't want it to be mine. I'm purely an audience to this, and I'm honored to be an audience to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When I saw Pelly drop, I was like, this is so correct. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It yeah. feels very like being there at Studio 54, being there at Andy Warhol's factory, like to mm-hmm. be at the party where Pelly dropped is something you are going to tell your grandkids where it's like <laughs> New York used to have grit. Yeah. We'd absolutely. make up words. <laughs> We'd make up words. We'd eat some latkes. Wow. What a powerful moment. Wow. And we'd soak up. I mean, it was huge. So, wait, I do want to say there's something so specific, and I'm trying to find the right way to uh, phrase this, about, like, hearing something or listening something that is about an experience you have had. It's almost like when you, when on a TV show, something is filmed in your neighborhood, and you're like, I know that block, I know that coffee shop. There's something very, um, uncanny valley is not the right word for it, but... To see your own life mediated through another lens feels very strange. Thoughts? I find it complicated because sometimes I do find myself being like, well, one, I think this is the big issue with like gay media is that everyone. Sam was going to say the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where everyone's like, well, not that's not me. That's not my experience. And it's like, oh, I've I've been gay and that's not how I did it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, yeah, well, it's there's a lot of different ways of being gay, I think, is what we're finding out. Totally. And not one thing is going to be the thing. But at the same time, you are wanting to be like, like it's so close to the real thing that you're like, just tweak it like this and that'll be right. But sorry, Jake, what were you going to say? No, I was saying there's also like a fear response to the realization that your unique existence is not as unique as you think. And like, yes. And being like, Oh, like if my POV as an artist that I'm going to show out to the world because of this unique life experience that I have. And then when someone else does it, I think that like what we say is like, oh, they're not doing a good job. Like this isn't right. But the truth of the matter is you're freaking out that someone is telling the story that you thought yours was yours to tell. Yeah. Wait, yeah. this is also I'm now realizing Uncanny Valley is actually the perfect term for it because it's almost like it yes. is close enough to your it's like representational Uncanny Valley. Like it is close enough to your experience, but like one decimal point away such that seeing it makes you like become violent. <laughs> You know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah, like it has like that, the fear response that like is triggered. Absolutely. It, w- yes, which is why it's almost like the sort of narcissism of small differences. It's like, I remember when HBO's Crashing, which was about stand-up comedy came out. I was like, no, no, take it away. No, no. But it's like, yeah, it's because it was close enough to the experience of, you know, 
being a stand-up comedian that I was like, it feels dirty to see this. Yeah. Well, I guess that I'm, wasn't the only reason. But okay, whatever. wait. This is an interesting... <laughs> yeah. Do, I feel like I've been seeing like whispers of reassessing looking. Looking. And is how do you feel about that? <laughs> well, I, I just want to say one thing, you know, not to make it about me, but... <laughs> You were in yeah, I was living in San Francisco when Looking came out. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's and amazing. I'll just let that, I'll actually just let that sit with both of you before we continue. <laughs> so that must have been really hard for you. It was, well, I was living in San Francisco. However, I was right out of college. I think I was two years out of college. I was like 22, yeah. 23. So it was almost like the representational politics of it aside, <clears throat> I didn't yet have access to the kinds of like, community parties you know even just like totally sex sexually i wasn't as liberated yet you know like i i it felt like oh is this all happening without me and i'm sort of like an underemployed 22 year old like living with literally seven roommates at the time wow that's a lot of roommates Mm -hmm. yeah but (laughs) you gotta you do what you gotta do Yeah, I I think part of it is also like your when looking came out, it was like very much like all right, gays, here's the HBO show. Like yeah. that, there was an energy of that that it's like, which like, and so then everyone was like mapping it on to be like, is I think we thought at the time like this is defining what the monoculture of gayness in America is going to be is like what's shown on looking, which is just like a psycho internet brain 2000, whatever, what year was it? 13 something that it came out like thing. Whereas like now if looking came out, it would just be like another show. You know what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, you have to hope it would be another show. I do also, God, this is like, I in no way want to venture into this in earnest with anyone listening to this. Do not at me, as they say. Wow. And remember, I just got fired, so I am very vulnerable. But I will say the sort of narrative that it looking is like a show about like rich gays or something is just quite literally not true. Like the like just re- I mean, it was a show that had like storylines about like you know there were people of different income levels there was body diversity there was like yeah story there were actually like interesting storylines about hiv and and things like it wasn't it wasn't the gay version of girls where it was like four guys who went to you know emerson and then moved to san francisco right not that there's anything wrong with going to emerson no if you went to emerson we see you we hear you and we support you um i yeah that the backlash of that was confusing i like honestly it was so strong that i'm like i don't even know if i was viewing it <laughs> like i couldn't see it without being like okay well as a bad show is there anything to totally, enjoy here? totally totally yeah. that's actually it sam because i actually remember stopping watching the show like i didn't finish it because i think you just couldn't watch it you had to like analyze it if that makes sense like you were constantly assessing like what's the take do i like this do i not like this is this bad is this good like in this way that just like you couldn't consume it as a show. It's yeah. interesting. I'm sort of like, has that gotten better or worse? Well, I guess the raw material has gotten worse and that TV is terrible now. But <laughs> then <clears throat> as, as the arguing around it, I guess it's like just a different version of the same shit. I don't know. Well, like, the- Am I dumb? Has there been a show since looking that's just like about gay guys? Oh, I don't even mean gay things specifically. I mean, oh, well, there okay. has. I mean, there was like the Queerest Folk reboot. There was like... Oh, right. The, oh, right. Um, you know, there's been like... I mean, Transparent is a show about queer characters. I count you know. bros in the in the discourse sure, of sure, this. Sure, sure, 
I mean, I guess absolutely. All of, I mean, ultimately, the solution is just to not participate in it and just go and watch a movie and watch a TV show. Sure. Yeah. Ultimately, if the choice is always going to be to not engage in discourse for me, Do you know, that's going to be <laughs> the better choice more often than yeah. not. Yeah. And in that spirit, let's move on to our topic. Let's start our discourse. <laughs> um, Jake, tell us what you brought to us today. So the topic of straight culture I wanted to discuss today is fast casual dining. Wow. Which when you said that I had such a strong reaction, I was so excited. What about it feels straight to you? I was so just to like paint the picture of sort of how we got here. I was standing in line at a sweet green when I got the email you book Stradio Lab. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I sort of thought <laughs> I sort of thought, oh shit, what's my topic gonna be? And then sort of immediately was like it's this like it is this like I'm like because it's like you look at where you you're at in terms of a fast casual dining place in like the thick of Manhattan and it's sort of like it is dining and food robbed of all culture and community with then false like replacements of those injected back in do you know what I mean (laughs) wow that's incredibly well put I mean, they're soulless places. They they certainly are. They're like inherently tied to like suburbs and they're inherently tied to uh, corporate jobs and like taking your little lunch break and like being above cheap but below real restaurant. Yeah. I also do just have to say for context, I love them. Like that's I'm, this isn't me hating. them. <laughs> I love them. What would you say? Well, God, it's so what you said about the fact that like the joy is taken out and then artificially put back in is exactly what is wrong with them. It's like I think like it's like you come to like if you go to like someone's house for dinner, if you go to like a restaurant, like there is like a group quality to it. Even if you go even if you go to a restaurant alone, Mm -hmm. you are like there's an interaction between you and like your server and even in theory, like the chef and the sommelier and the the person who designed the cocktail list like. There's some sort of and there's like the dining together of like we're all in this experience of this restaurant together. And like the the fast casual is like highlighting the individualization of like you are the chef. Customize your dish. You are eating. You pay. There's no communal check. You are paying alone. You can sit at a table like you sit at your own table. And if you sit in a communal space, God forbid you speak to another person. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it is like very much anti like communal existence. It is about complete like individuation. Mm hmm. And like in corp within corporate America. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I this is complicated. I, I appreciate you saying that you like them because I also love a fucking fast casual experience. And it is like one of the more shameful parts of myself is I like, will like what, I will like seek out a Chipotle. Like I will like totally. do do my best to get get into a Chipotle. And I feel whenever I'm there, <laughs> I get like the same rush out of a Chipotle that I get out of like entering a Target mm-hmm. where I'm like suddenly I'm like in touch with me 10 years ago and I'm in touch yeah. with my childhood and I'm like, oh my God, I feel I, I mean, feel me at all times. You know, those moments where you like zoom out of yourself and realize what you've just said, <laughs> like me, me in May 2020 saying out loud in my apartment, I think the thing I miss most is Chipotle. <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> a thing I said out loud. Oh my um, god! I shamefully, I have to say, I'm a sort of a dig in girl. Well, you've wow. always had higher standards. 
Can I tell you something, George, that my roommate Please. said about Diggin that yes. chilled me to the bone? He was like, once you realize it's about, it's like once you realize it's about Diggin, it is so profoundly shocking. It's upscale rebranded leftovers. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You sort of come in and it's it like, is exa- hey, here are all these foods so right. <laughs> you are so right. that were prepared yesterday that are like very much like. You can eat them kind of cold, kind of warm. Nothing's hot. Um, microwave it if you want. That's fun. But like, no, but you're so right. And it's like I, you know, you sort of convince yourself. It's like how people say, like, oh, I can make a meal out of these appetizers. You sort of pinch yourself, like, oh my god, actually, what I've always wanted is like carrots with one flavor profile and broccoli with another flavor profile on top of quinoa <laughs> with like a slab of tofu on top. Yeah. Like, of course, thank God, I finally found it. Absolutely. And I do think, I will say, I think, like, in terms of the safest, like, the le- the least devoid of, like, or, like, the most, like, separated from, like, the cynicism of fast casual are the salad places. I do feel the salad places have the least darkness to them. And I think that's because salads have no culture. Do you know what I mean? But, he, yeah. You well, know what, salads though? also, it's, it is girls and gays in a way that, like, <laughs> is uh inherent unfortunately but also the worst straights like the health conscious straight man the like fitness finance bro yeah a scary a scary type of straight yeah wow i'm like okay so chipotle we love dig in i like but now have sort of had my mind blown by this revelation that is repurposed (laughs) that it's repurposed leftovers sweet green is something that at first i was okay with and then I had a sudden, I was like, I just had the sudden realization that it all tastes the same and that it's all just like, I'm almost like, did they make this in a lab and this just looks like kale and this looks like romaine, but they're both made of the same material? <laughs> Beyond kale. Like truly, yeah. And then of course there's the fury that comes with when they ask you if you want bread and then they give you half a slice of bread. Okay. See, I love that. When they give me half a slice of bread, I'm like, thank you. You know, no. like <laughs> you have to like, you have to demand more. <laughs> Are you in the sweet green saying, uh-uh, full slice? Is that you? You know what? I wish I was. I'm not because <laughs> okay. it, because I'm like, no, the sweet sweet green has set the rules. Who am I to reject them? But I always envy people. Well, again, it all goes back, it all goes back to this problem with um frankly capitalism where well, yeah. if only i could be rude to the ceo i would mm-hmm. but my human but the human connection i have with the worker prevents me from ever bringing you know bringing uh sending back food complaining mm-hmm. speaking rudely you know because i'm like mm-hmm. this is not your fault if only i could just press a button and talk to the CEO and then literally like slap them across the face <laughs> so I could get it out of my system without subjecting this poor underpaid laborer to my, the whims of my moods. You said something um, I found really interesting about that, which is sweet green makes the rules, which I think for all fast casual, the thing about it <laughs> is that yeah. it's like there's a, an illusion of choice within it in a way that is... <gasps> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so insane. Well yeah. well, yeah. But then sometimes there's not enough. Like, have you ever gone to a kava and then they're like, okay, design it. And I'm like, can you tell, can you be the chef here? Yes. Like, I don't know. What are you talking about? That is There's like six crazy. proteins and 22 sauces. Like, let, give me a dish, babe. Like, I need a dish. Like, yes. Like, take me to Mogador. Oh my like, God. What are we doing? This is why I hate buffet dining as well. I know this is a different, but it's like, 
No, a food professional should give me three choices. <laughs> Absolutely. I am a comedian. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. But no, okay. I also had the most harrowing. Okay, so another issue with all of this is that it has become digitized and algorithmatized. No, okay. Recently. So this is I yeah. will lose my mind. This so is dark. This is literally thing, the suburbs. Is, yeah. Yes. Just keep going. So I went to um, a, a fast casual place close to my apartment. I honestly would call them out if I remembered the name, but I don't. I walk in, and this is like I gen generally because I work from home pride myself in usually making lunch truly like 90% of the time. But this one time I didn't have groceries, whatever. I was like, you know what? I would love something sort of healthy. Went to this salad place. Think sweet green, think kava, think dig in. Tender greens, and, yeah. yeah. And don't get me started on tender greens. The promise of something better than sweet green, but then it's actually not. No, we can't tangent because I have so much to say about the digitizing. That yeah, you keep, going, okay, keep going. Okay. So, we need to stand this so way I, go, I have I so walk much in, to say. I walk in, there are only oversized iPads. There are no people there and there are only oversized iPads. I'm like, you know what? Okay, no, no. I normally would turn around and leave and actually Absolutely. bring everyone with me and start a strike and <laughs> and actually start a labor union, not for the workers, for the customers of this establishment. But I was so hungry that I was like, you know what? I'm going to just try, whatever, I'll just do it. I walk up to the fucking iPad. I have to make an account. No. No, you don't. No. And then I walked out. Like when no, I Paul when Ocean. I found Paul out that Ocean. I have to make an account where I give my email address to get one salad one day in my life, I was like, that's where I draw the line. That is psychotic. That's actually some of the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life, and I have to tell you that. This is my thing. Is like I I actually think like my customized like American horror story version of hell that was like curated for me is like <laughs> Me standing in line waiting to be served at like a sweet green and the employees are can't serve me because they are fulfilling these like hell orders from these like corporate cogs who are going to come in, pick up their to go and leave. Yeah. And it's like, no, I am here for the human experience. Like suddenly I'm like defending the fast casual dining experience of like I came here as a human to make a salad with another human. Like I hate saying human, but like it's like I just like it's like and you're watching it, it happen. It is Hell, the like table full of mobile orders at a Starbucks. Yep. I'm like, we are what? This is so, this is a hellscape to it. It is most, and this is where it's heterosexual. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yes. this is where. Well, it's, it's just like this, this obsession with um making everything more efficient where you're like, you won't fucking die if you wait in a three person line to order your salad. It's also, it's even more, I think people are even more like, no, I don't want to see anyone. Like, yes. it's very much like, yes. I want my compound and I don't want to see a single fucking person. That being said, I want someone to prepare something for me, but I do not want to talk to someone about it. And I think there's also like a, if I don't have to like verbal, like if I don't have to like deal with the embarrassment of how particular I'm going to be and I can just like write it out on an app. Wait, and you are submit so it, and right. It's not, Yes. It's that's like the and that's why it gets dark is because then it's like not only are you stuck in line behind these people doing these digital orders, the digital orders take forever because they're customized to the point where it's like at this point, be like George and Cook at home. What are you doing? Like you are so it, it is so true that it we have gone from almost like looking I mean, it's looking down upon the person who makes five, you know, uh alter rations to their order and you know they're difficult whatever blah blah and now that is just made invisible so you can go freely without so shame yeah and and make your burger into a salad <laughs> i 
the Starbucks especially, and I'm putting that no. in fast casual, like the way that people lean into the online order, like genuinely scares me and make me feel makes me feel like it's almost <laughs> I feel a micro version of when Trump was elected. <laughs> Yes, I feel like, oh, I don't understand people to a like high degree because it's like also a Starbucks in a suburb, let's say that's a queer space. That's all they have. Like there's yeah, a gay absolutely. guy working it's always and there's like bar. stupid music being played and people are ordering frappes and it's like, this is a gay space. Thank you. But now they're trying yeah. to make they're like, well, yeah, I like their drinks, but I'm not going to like I'm not going to go inside. It's like, no, this you have to be subjected to the gay guy that's working there. You have to because. You have to be subjected to the gay guy who's screaming, but then here's where it gets really dark. This is where it's like actually like I keep on saying this is where it gets late stage, but we're just moving later and later stage. Yeah. But it's like these fast casual places are then also fostering a sense of community on their apps with like loyalty God. programs. Oh, so suddenly so there's like rewards and there's levels and like it happening. Because like something I haven't brought up is that like when I was working, I used to be a lunch bartender. So it was like the closest I've ever had to like being like a nine to five person because my I was working like midday hours in Manhattan. Granted, I was still bartending, but I was working 11 to five and I would go to Sweetgreen for lunch almost every day. And like I got gold. I had Sweetgreen yeah. gold status. And that like meant something to me. Like I experienced yeah. it and it's like this happens and it's really big with the Starbucks thing because then you get the points and stuff and it's like everyone's and it makes you feel like you're part of this community where it's like you can design your own drink and like do this stuff. And it's like people we are now turning to the apps of these places for community rather than actually experiencing mm-hmm. community in human yeah. humanity jake you said a sentence that chilled me to my bone and i want to repeat it which is that you said these fast casual chains are now creating community on their apps through loyalty programs <laughs> that sentence has approximately 16 trigger words it, it, it's actually <laughs> like insane that not that that it is 100 a true s- sentiment no it's, it's absolutely real Absolutely. Wow. It, okay. This is, I mean, this is the Ouroboros sort of snake eating its own tail of, of again, not to be cliche, late stage capitalism where, okay, so fast casual dining exists. You think this is dystopia, but not only is it not dystopia, it is actually just the infrastructure upon which to build even more dystopian things. So fast casual restaurant is the setting. Then you have the app, you have the loyalty program, you have like the special pride menu, you have like, you know, the iPads that replace the people. You then create an account so that you can be suddenly surveilled and sent to the Iraq war. It's <laughs> it, like there is no end in sight. Oh my God. There's also no lines of like reality in terms of like, because then something starts to happen where like, normal good restaurants are then being like turned into fast casual because like it's like hey do you want to do you want to get like delivery at lunch from carbone and it's like why would i ever (laughs) like people don't understand it's so crazy and like do you understand that like certain food needs to be eaten hot and if you pay for a man on a bike to go first of all then let's not even get into this because it's too complicated down a sidewalk among pedestrians at 35 miles an hour classic to bring you a spicy rigatoni that is now solid by the time you get to like what is happening? Like, I just, the way we think about, like, food yeah. and the delivery of, it's so crazy. And, it, it, like, these businesses have broken yeah. our brains. And then the way those businesses lean into that in their market, I mean, that is almost the final step. It's like, okay, so we all feel sort of ashamed and, gr- not we all, because I think, hope you know, I think the three of us obviously are extremely elevated and have never made a mistake in our lives. But, <laughs> it, you know. No, not it's, once. It's, it's Sam like, almost did, but I called it. It's yeah, like, I'm know, looking forward say, to oh, it. 
you're using Seamless and you're like, oh, I, I know this is bad, but I have no food in my apartment, so I'm going to do it, whatever. Then the ad will be like, feeling like, feeling useless? Just leave it to us. Like, it, it, it's, it's sort of like encouraging this sort of like half shameful, you know, like have a treat. And this also brings yeah. it back to the thing that you were saying about like wanting to like talk to the CEO because it's very like the marketing team is speaking for the workers. Yes. It's like, uh, I don't think they said that. I don't think like the people no. making the burrito that's being delivered to me said like, I got you, babe. Like you told us <laughs> the higher up said like, we got you, babe. And then they are the ones that have to do it all. Like, this is insane. I mean, it is the epitome of alienation <laughs> when you think about literally like a marketing firm full of like depressed like wannabe writers who have landed there either depressed wannabe writers or even worse satisfied act people who actually wanted to work in marketing <laughs> like work at a firm seamless goes to them they're like listen we want to uh, basically condescend to everyone while also devaluing our workers. Can you make that fun? And also it's a pride campaign. Yes. And then the people at the marketing firm are like, you got it, doll. And then they are like joking with each other. And they're like, isn't it crazy that we like work for an evil company? LOL. Like, oh, yep. LOL. And then they like write something that's almost like intentionally bad to make themselves laugh. Then Seamless is like, oh, my God, we love it. This will go great with Gen Z. And then I'm it's like on the subway. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like feeling ill. I'm nauseous. Because then I also, and this is like, if, we're, if you're nauseous now, but if you're already nauseous, buckle up. Because it's like, <laughs> then I start to spiral out to fully existential where I'm like, okay, so wait, like, so what is living? Because if we're like saying that like, oh, we don't want to have to like wait in the line of the grocery store, yes. pick up your own laundry, cook your own food, like go pick up your own food. Like at, what are you meant to do with the time that you have on this earth? Like, am I supposed to sit on the couch and just like have everything? Like, it's like at some point, like going to the grocery store is living. Like yes. going to your, like, you, like that is like, that is life. Like that right. is what our life is comprised of. That is how it exists. Like you have like 70, 80, 90 years, ideally between like when you're born and you die, where you do these activities. Like if you are like paying other people to do them, like actually, what are you doing with your time? Like, what is your existence? Like, right. what is like it is all operating from this idea that there's this baseline of there's something else we want to be doing. And it's like, can you concretely tell me what the other thing is i can gaming <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> no you are that is so true jake and it, it and it's almost like that is the the rotten core at the center of it it's like yes. we're all look we're all like searching for that other thing we're like surely we're making all these sacri we're doing all this stuff to make everything more efficient in order to do the thing and then we're like getting closer to the thing getting closer to the thing getting closer to the thing but then the thing keeps going farther and farther and farther away from us and it's like I guess that's life. It's like efficiency is like this false. It's like efficiency is this false. What is like the word I'm trying to look like false um, promise? I, false. Like false. Sort of like false, like ideal where it's like, like, okay. Like another example would be like grinder and scruff, right? Where yes. it's like, where it's like, it makes it more efficient to like get laid. And then if you use it enough, like something that you realize is like, wait, the fun part is the pursuit. And this is eliminating the fun part. Like, do you know what I, I mean, mean? Like the fun that. part is like, like, the fun part is, like, making eye contact with someone at the bar and being like, are we going to fuck later? And, like, you're like, oh, like, what is the efficiency in pursuit of? Because, like, I am eliminating the parts of it that are enjoyable. Like, and that's, like, ultimately, it's like, it's, apl it's applicable to all of it. Yeah. I, should we go full analog? Like, <laughs> No, I mean, listen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Honestly, yeah. I have been... Um... Yeah, I'm. I mean, you also are sort of catching me in an existential state today because of the day I've had. But I'm sort of like, I mean, because the 
not to bring it back to digital media, but like that also ties it where it's sort of like, okay, everyone here is trying to put something out into the world. Then we are hearing like feedback from the people that work in sales and marketing feedback. That's algorithmic from Google trends, like feedback from random, like bots tweeting. And you're like, what is even left? I have no idea. Even I, I have completely lost touch with like, what any of my goals are in terms of what I want to put out into the world and of what any actual coherent reaction is to the things that I do put out because it is impossible to sort of like evaluate it in any normal way because you just get like this cacophony of random people yelling at you. So essentially, I guess see you in the Rocky Mountains. It's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's complicated. It I think the worst part is that you are punished for <laughs> for not going along with it. Like like when it comes to like Jake what you were saying about like you will literally be waiting in line and they will be fulfilling online orders or like you will be getting points and people will like get a free meal and you won't. Like I have there has been a lot of my life where I'm like no, I'm just going to do it the normal way. Like I should be able to walk into a store and buy something. And it's like you are always punished. Like you're punished for like wanting to be patient with like something you put out. You're want you're punished for like being <laughs> like private. And it's like this is so um frustrating because you're not I feel like personally like I'm not trying to be difficult and it's like, but I have to, it becomes difficult because you're being punished. Yeah. It's funny that you say like privacy because it's like, it doesn't even have to be about privacy. It's like, I just don't fucking feel like doing that. Like it was right. walking into the store and doing it was fine. Like it truly was fine. The idea of going up to an iPad and making an account would actually be like, it really, yeah. It was one of those moments that were truly my life flashed before my eyes. It's what you're saying, Sam, of like realizing it's I mean, it quite literally is alienation. It is it, you feel alienated from your fellow man. You feel alienated from like the food you are about to consume. You feel alienated from yourself. I mean, it is hell. Well, what scares me about it is, OK, is this if this gets too dark, like cut it out. But it's like, <laughs> but it's like part because I always think that like things are cyclical and are going to swing back. But like the other thing I think we're experiencing is that as we are getting older, it's like the people who are younger than us, like their baseline is higher. So they already have a higher tolerance because like their base, like their baseline is like, yeah, when you, you like their baseline is like, yeah, you give your email the second you walk in the store. Or like, that's not where it's yeah. at, but it's like, it's getting there. And then it's going to be like, like, I always think about like, my grandfather retired because like they overhauled the computer system in the company he worked for. And they were just like, hey, we're going to give you a better retirement package because like, you can't learn this. <laughs> yeah. Like you're out. And like, that happened in like the 90s like he was a medical salesman he sold like like i think he sold like viagra like <laughs> but like he like but they at some point they like updated the system so it wasn't like you kept things analog on paper anymore you had to like do it digitally and he just like retired and it's like i feel like there's like the it's just like it does it keep heightening or is at some point or is the alienation you're talking about going to get so intense that everyone's going to be like we have to get off these phones do you know what i mean i mean it it's tough <laughs> because <laughs> then you're sort of like I mean, with the technology of it all, you're like, well, maybe at some point we will all the friction will be gone completely. And you all you have to do is like think something and it will happen. Well, that's scary or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. 
That's scary. Or everything will be everything will be Siri, basically. Like the iPad, the creating account on an iPad is clearly a temporary stopgap because what they actually right. want There's is like no way. What they actually want is for you to be able to literally think I want to kill Caesar and for that to appear in front of you. Like the iPad is a temporary stopgap that'll be useful for approximately a year and a half. I thought you said I want to kill Caesar and I was like, <laughs> where did you go with this? I got so confused. <laughs> um, but you know what? For now, Chipotle is absolutely delicious. Hey. Chipotle is delicious. They did and such I a just, great job. They do such a good job. But I do... I, I'm very... My plans after this is I'm going to my friend's house to have dinner at a table with like actual friends and after this conversation i'm very thankful for that no i i really yeah it's um god the work lunch is really something i don't miss about going into an office every day yeah yeah although okay i'll say this like yes it's alienating but when you don't do the technological thing and at least you are in line with fellow people and you're like you know i used to work somewhere where you know, there were various offices around there. So you would see yeah. some people in suits and you're like, oh, they work in business or in finance. You'd see some people like in scrubs and you're like, oh, they work at the hospital, like some, whatever. And at least you feel part of the city, you know, like at least there's, you know, at, at least it's like being on the subway where you're like, yes, this is hell in a sense, but I feel like I am in New York. Mm-hmm. You're like in it. And it's 100%. like truly the bare minimum. It, it is the bare minimum of like, after a day at your fucking computer, just feeling at least embodied. Like, I am in a human body. Yes. And if you are ordering your salad online, you don't even get that. (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, the thing. Because if it was just, like, you go, if fast casual dining was still just, like, you go and you order with all the other people, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. Like, I bet it was fun, like, back, like, when Shake Shack, like, blew up, like, 15 oh, years ago. Are and you everyone kidding? was in the Shake Shack party. in Madison Square Park. I bet that was a party. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, literally, oh, yeah. Tiesto was DJing. Everyone was like, woo! Yeah, it was <laughs> like, huge. People doing coke in, yeah. the, in the Shake Shack. <laughs> <Yeah. line. laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. 
for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. The the app thing, I was coming back from like out of the country and there was a really long line to go through like customs to get back into America. And they were like, it was really complicated and confusing. And then they were like, but if you have the app, you can go into that line. And that line was like no. two people long. Like the other line was literally an over an hour wait. And this one, and it was like, you mean I can just down and I just downloaded it and then got to like cut the whole line. And I was like, this is so fucked up. Like this is supposed to be like a government thing. And even this is being like fast casualized. And it's like, just make your normal lines better. Why do like you're just adding a middleman for no reason? Are you getting like a cut? What is going yeah. on? It was insane. And this is for like the US passport. There's like a US passport app. That's actually crazy because it's like you have my information. You have you're it. You're the government. You have it. Like, and what are I have you my getting passport in my hand. Like just scan it and let's go. It was it's fucking like, crazy. It's like going to it's like going to like vote <laughs> and then being like, scan this QR code. <laughs> I know. It's like, so what? weird. I like uh, it pissed me off so much. I was so mad. Cause also all there was all these people that like didn't it was just like, oh, you're like making this so like <laughs> rich people can sk skip the line like why yeah it's fucking so stupid fucked up. the last time i went to went through the u.s border at jfk like this back when i was coming back from edinburgh i like walked from the gate like two departures and then when i got to the desk i didn't show the man anything he said hi jacob and i said you know my name and then he read all my information to me off the computer screen and then said, you're good to go. He never took my passport. Like at some point I wow, had I've scanned. never, I've never, I don't, I've never I had truly that. was like, what? And he was like laughing at me. Like he was getting a kick out of the fact that I like, didn't know how it worked, but like he did not, he did not, I, my passport stayed in my hand the entire time. It was actually the scariest thing I've ever encountered. I don't like that one bit. I don't like that one bit. I don't know how he did it. Well, I'll really freak out when they do it at Chipotle. <laughs> have you guys read super sad true love story by gary steinhardt no no okay homework for everyone listening out there i feel like it came out in like 2010 or 11 or 12 or something it's it truly like predicts the rise of um kind of online influencers and there's like a class of people that they i think call media people and it's like he's gone media like he's become like someone who is only like you know interacts with the world through media i don't remember the details but um let me tell you something community that's where we're heading damn wow i hate when books predict the future i know it's so sad it's crazy that's why it's better to just not write them yeah don't write them and honey don't <laughs> read them build your own future we should burn books they've never oh, written them. yeah that's a good idea that's what if that's the conclusion we came to after this like screed on uh, the ills of late stage <laughs> capitalism we're like well this all happened because of the original technology the printing press <laughs> <laughs> sam is like not no no there's something to it <laughs> not no the bible uh, yeah you know listen do i think there should be higher standards for what gets to be put through the printing press absolutely i do <laughs> yeah um, wow, well, Jake! I have to say, this has been a sort of mind-blowing episode. <laughs> I'm like, uh, this has been cathartic because uh, I, uh, it makes me feel one elderly. I feel like the world has changed under my feet, and Same. I haven't really grasped that fact yet. I haven't like 
really thought about that. Um, but it is true. Yeah. Uh, and from my perspective, I just want to say that the fact that like I could sort of take out my rage at being fired by, you know, sort of uh, a, a literal billionaire today on <laughs> on fast casual restaurants and just map my experience onto dig in and sweet green was very cathartic sort of the distance i needed to process and more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think the catholic god brought us together today for this i i really agree and uh i'm excited for the three of us to be nailed to those three crosses <laughs> together <laughs> after this episode comes out <laughs> wow well should we do our final segment i think i think we must um jake our final segment is called shout outs and in this segment, we uh, pay tribute to the classic straight art form of the radio shout out. Think TRL, think Z100. We are shouting out something that is making us go, yas. <laughs> and um, Sam, I, you know what? I actually, I have one that I can do. Oh, please go for it. What's up, listeners? I want to give a quick shout out to Dr. Orna Goralnik, who is the <laughs> therapist at the center of the television series Couples Therapy, which people have been recommending to me at this point for four years. It's on Showtime, but you can get it through Amazon, which I don't support, by the way, so shut up. <laughs> and I want to say this woman when i tell you she is mother she is literally my virgin mary i pray to her and would literally pay upwards of a hundred thousand dollars just to have a single therapy session with her she is doing god's work i first thought it was exploitative that she was putting these couples on tv airing out their dirty laundry but i actually now think it is a public service i am so inspired by her i think no one has ever been better at their job i think she also just like looks incredible and I don't think that's necessary for being a good therapist, but I certainly don't think it doesn't, it hurts. And I also want to say, you know, at first when I was watching that show, I was like, all these men are gaslighters. And I do, to some extent, still think that, but she has actually, she's so good at what she does that she has made me empathize with every single person, even, even the gaslighters and the losers. And that is being a true, she, you know what? By by talking to people, by doing this, the slow work of understanding one another, she is the opposite of a fast casual restaurant. And we have to go, we have to all watch couples therapy in order to break the shackles of late stage capitalism. Okay, I love that. Have you have either of you seen the show? No. No, but I've seen clips. But I love television. You literally have. It is. Mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm curious. It's literally and just like filmed therapy sessions with real life couples, but it is done in a sort of like documentary style. It's not like trash reality TV. Uh, can I ask it, a weird question? Can please. I ask a question? The couples, like, is there sort of like a general theme of like these couples are the sort of people that would like are off in a way that would allow them to consent to do this? Does that make sense? I know that makes complete sense. I have to say I should do more research on like how they cast it and stuff, but they really don't seem like they seem like normies that I wouldn't say they seem like normies. They obviously like have issues and they're talking about them and whatever, but like they don't seem like the kinds of people desperate to be on TV. They don't seem like the kinds of people that okay. would apply to be on the real world. They are also from all walks of life. There are like low income people and rich people and gay couples and straight couples and interracial couples and couples of all different ethnic backgrounds. I, I, it is 
it feels sort of like a miracle that she somehow found this group of people. Yeah. And even though when you obviously zoom out, you're like, this is crazy that this is happening. While you're watching it, it you're not thinking that. You're just riveted by what's happening on screen. That's wow. usually enticing to me because I think I just assumed it would be baseline. Everyone's taking like UCB 201. No. Like I thought no, that's, that that's, would be. Yeah, I would, I would assume that as well. But I'm glad to hear it's not that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I have one. What's up, everybody around the world? Woo! Um, I would like to give a huge shout out to um, workouts that require gear. I Ooh. am getting into gear. Let's just say when I'm, I'm started swimming at the Y again, and I absolutely love the fact that I have to wear a cap and a goggle. And sometimes I'm like, should I get a new Speedo? Why not? It's it's gear and it makes me feel like working out is not a chore, but actually a luxury that I am allowed and allowing myself to have. I always scoffed at workout gear. And I was always like, like when I would like go for runs or like go to the gym, I would be like in like ratty shirts and shorts and sort of be like, this is me, I'm just a real guy. And now I'm kind of like, no, I want to get something fancy and I want to feel like what I'm doing is with purpose and with uh, uh, care and um, gear is uh, also a swim cap. You think you're going to feel stupid, but I'm actually glad they make me wear it in the pool and they don't just make me wear it. They make everybody wear it. So keep your little jokes to yourself. Um, yeah, they make me wear a swim cap and everyone also. And I think it's fun because it makes me feel like, OK, this isn't normal swimming. I'm working out. And so that is powerful and it's fun to look stupid sometimes and that is a beautiful lesson that i learned a few times a week xoxo <laughs> sam Woo! <laughs> wow um, and you know we should say speaking of swimming shout out to uh philly g who messaged us and um is a uh does open water swimming in the bay area and a group of uh listeners of the pod called their team the Girlinas and made custom uh, swim caps that are pink and say the Girlinas slaying That's since incredible. 2021. <laughs> Literally Pretty cool. almost made me almost made me cry when uh, when we got that DM. Wow. Um so My Jake, turn. Jake yeah, take it away. What is up, everyone from the East Coast to the West Coast? I want to give a shout out to flossing. Yeah, flossing is, flossing has become my biggest obsession. I do it every single night. I do not miss, and oftentimes I forget to wash my face or don't forget, but decide I don't want to do it. But I always floss because something I found out in my early twenties is that flossing is not about cleaning between your teeth. It is cleaning what below your gums, and that's disgusting. And they don't tell you about that when you're a kid, but it's actually about cleaning the stuff that's stuck under your gums, where bacteria is growing and food is rotting, and it's the number one cause of bad breath. And when I floss I feel like I'm never going to die so no matter what else I do that is bad for me flossing keeps me healthy it is the reason I will live as long as that man who drank three martinis at lunch that I talked about earlier flossing is the reason I am infallible and perfect and I love myself because I floss Woo! beautiful wow what a delight for 2023 out flopping in flossing yes <laughs> yes uh, I'm in my floss era yeah I, I floss in wow. waves I need to start flossing again I'll, maybe I'll start tonight. Could be huge. Yeah. Now that I'm now that I'm unemployed, I'm gonna really commit to flossing. <laughs> well, I'll say this, Jake. It's been an honor, a privilege, a joy, and a pleasure. And for everyone out there listening, uh, Sam and I are available for hire. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we actually you know, are. A few, months ago, a few months ago, you know, Sam was a high-power TV writer and I was a high-power editor. And now we are both high-power podcasters. I love it. <laughs> I think it's so powerful to feel at the on top of the world and then, like, moments later, bottom of the barrel. Yeah. I think it's so, <laughs> so powerful. <laughs> I, I, well, wait, but then, but then we should say, you know, we've been... We've been uh, Telling ourselves we're going to say this at the end of every episode, and actually maybe we'll do a pre-recorded thing. But for now, I just want to say, honey, subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash radio lab. Oh, and while we're plugging, uh, come to uh, Club Comic on February Club 17th. <laughs> and Jake, Jake Dahl, do you have anything you want to plug? Yes, come to my um, Union Hall show, Gorge Night, on February 17th, and my solo show at Club Coming, not uh, confusingly similarly named to Sam's show, but club coming on February 22nd. Hmm, I would like to erase Jake's first plug. You can't plug something on the same night as my show. Um. <laughs> Wait, is it on? Fr- oh my God. Wait, stop, 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 stop. Oh God. <laughs> what time's your show? Uh, 7.30. Okay, never mind. Come to my solo show on February 22nd. <laughs> and I'm hosting a sort of pop-up smoothie night um, on that same date at the same time. <laughs> And it's at the new it's at the new bean that they just made in New York. Oh, I love that there's a New York bean now. Oh. The New York bean feels very Stradio Lab, don't you think? We have to go. Is that real? Yes, they made a New York bean. <laughs> they said they said Chicago. Say, we're not gonna we're gonna take away the big photo op. And they they said you think you can have something Where on us? Is Wrong. It? The New York bean is so iconic. <laughs> I love it so much. No, it's instantly iconic. Is it like around? Wall Street? I'm gonna I, guess I Wall Street. Okay. Wait, the New York bean is that is actually so funny that it's like, what is New York's new culture and it's stealing? Like yeah. <laughs> just like appropriation and stealing. <laughs> you have to. Uh, all right. Well, we're gonna do a big outdoor show by the New York Bean. And I'll <laughs> see everyone there. And that's gonna be on February 17th. 17th at 7 7:30. 7:30. Yeah. 7:30. <laughs> all right. Okay. Peace out. Peace out. Love. Bye. <laughs> Bye. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. It's 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.